So in case you missed it, I wrote a book, like a full-blown cover-to-back book, Confessions of a Crappy Christian. The book is real-life talk about the things Christians aren't sure they're supposed to say. It's like the podcast and my Instagram times a thousand. Inside, I dive into things like mental health, being a fiery woman from within the church, friendship breakups, and more from the perspective of my life and how God has moved. So you can find out more and pre-order if you would like at crappychristianco.com slash book. Pre-orders matter a lot in the book world, and we have some awesome incentives coming your way, so that would really mean the world. Welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Crabby Christian, a Misfit Media Network production. I am your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake, and every week I get to have the coolest conversations with incredible people about all the things most Christians are still not sure we're allowed to talk about. So if you've been looking for a place to land with all your crap and for someone to just be honest about what it looks like to walk through this Christian life, well, you've come to the right place. Pull up a seat pop in your headphones and tune out your kids, and come hang out with me and a guest for the authentic conversations that you have been looking for. Max, welcome to Confessions of a Crappy Christian. Oh, my honor, Blake. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Well, I'm doing good. I've got some stuff going on in my throat, so forgive me. You really can't tell. Okay, good, good. Well, I, I, I feel different, but yeah. it's, I'm coming out of a COVID round and this time it, it got me pretty well in my throat mm. and congestion, but I'm, I'm feeling great, Good. feeling great. I'm Good. past the quarantine time. So I'm back in circulation, Yeah, but I'm doing well. Good. I'm so glad we, we were talking about that earlier. I had it in January. It's not fun. It's not fun to recover from. For sure. It takes a while. It takes a minute. So you are a prolific author. We were talking before we started recording. I grew up on your children's books, The Stars and the Dots. You are special. Yeah. I mean, that is my childhood. We read it. I read it to my girls now. And so this is, I'm very excited. But you also, you don't just write (laughs) children's books. You write, you've written many uh, very impactful books for adults about just different aspects of walking through the Christian life. And you're most recent is Help is Here, Finding Fresh Strength and Purpose in the Power of the Holy Spirit. And this is actually one of my favorite things to talk with people about because it does tend to feel foreign. I think the Holy Spirit, sometimes people get weird about it or they don't really understand it. And so, I mean, there is no one for me better to lead this kind of conversation than you, someone who has faithfully walked this out. So can you tell us a little bit about help is here just to give people an understanding. Yeah. By the way, thank you so much for these moments. It's it's really a treasure to have a few minutes to chat with you. I have been intrigued by the Bible's teaching and the offer that comes from God, that the very presence of God is alive and well on planet earth and is willing to take up residence inside of those who would request it. That's just an astounding statement. Yeah. Especially in the backdrop of, I'm not saying anything new when I say this is a secular society. Right. And and by that, that's just an observation. We do not typically receive 
the supernatural very well yeah. in American culture, in Western culture. Mm-hmm. We are very much, if we see it, if we can touch it, and most of all, if we can explain it, yes, then we'll, we're into it. Well, we cannot see the Holy Spirit. We cannot touch him. And we cannot explain him. Even mm-hmm. Jesus said he's like the wind. From where he comes, no one knows. Where he's going, no one knows. So this whole idea that that the greatest power available to humans today is, is a power that's supernatural, mm-hmm. it pushes people back. So you made such a great point, Blake, because it tends to bring out the extremes in us, mm-hmm. it being the topic of the Holy Spirit. On one hand, we meet people who seem to have a backstage pass <laughs> yeah. to the Holy Spirit, you know, and who have experienced the Holy Spirit in ways that we never will. And they never tire of telling us how they and the Spirit are buddy-buddy and chummy-chummy. Yeah. And we should feel inferior mm-hmm. for lack of that experience. On the other extreme, there are those who, because they can't see the Spirit, touch the Spirit, or explain everything about the Spirit, They're kind of the self-appointed hall monitors telling people who desire an encounter, a relationship with the spirit to just calm down, be Mm -hmm. quiet, you know, and they just dismiss the power and the presence. So both of those are are alive and well. Mm -hmm. Those two camps are uh, existing today. and, And I think both are equally dangerous. Right in the middle, however, right in the middle are God loving, God craving people who long for something deeper, who maybe are more desperate and need some help Mm -hmm. and who believe in scripture and believe that there is something more to this life. At least they want to believe there's more to this life than what they can see. And so that's kind of the camp I live in. I I, I want everything the Holy Spirit will give me. I don't want to weird out. You know, I don't want to show off. I don't want to shut off. I want to be right there available, whatever the Lord gives, because I need him so much. I think people listening, regardless of if they grew up in Christianity or they encountered it, embraced it in their adulthood, have likely experienced like that entire spectrum, mm-hmm. right? I can immediately, as you were explaining those extremes, mm-hmm. think of, yes, I've met those people. And, you know, the one side of the extreme that's a little bit more self-righteous or mm-hmm. I have this and you probably never will. Yeah. In the past, if I'm being honest, when I've experienced those people, I've been like, I don't, I don't know if I want what you've got. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Because we don't like what it did to you. Exactly. You know? yeah. Is that what, the, especially I became a believer when I was 21. And so meeting those people in those college years was like, well, I don't want to be, ew, ew no. you know, but yeah. then more so after becoming a believer experience the people who kind of like you were saying downplay, mm-hmm. calm down. Like, yeah, he's mm-hmm. important, but like, don't be weird. You're going to start weirding people out. Like yeah. doesn't still do miracles and that discounts. And mm-hmm. I think for some people who are maybe more easily discouraged can make you like, well, then I no, I guess not. I guess I don't, yeah. I don't really need it. Then there's those people that you meet that who do live in the middle. Mm-hmm. And those people are like life. They mm. feel you walk away from those people like, okay, this is possible. Mm-hmm. And it's available to me. Oh my gosh. Like, because your first statement that you made of 
the completeness of God being available to dwell within us, that should knock us out. Wow. You're absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) That should not. What? The God who created everything good, everything that I can see and feel and touch and experience. We're good. And he wants me. Excuse me. That just, I think so much of Western Christianity has lost. We've lost that. Mm. We've lost that like awe. We don't quite know what to do with it. Right. I I read an article, you know, in the last week or so, the world has been blown away by the James Webb telescope. I don't know anything about that. The pictures, the images are coming in from the most distant. We've never seen pictures from the universe like this. And it's stunning. It's stunning. We, we're, we are seeing things that we have never, ever seen. There's so some people have written op-eds about it. Uh-huh. And one of them in particular really caught my attention because this person said that after looking at all those pictures, I felt so tiny and small that I decided to spend the day watching Netflix. And I thought, now that's not the intended response <laughs> of seeing, you know, we could respond in a more optimistic way Yeah, to see all that God has done. And then to think that God who has created what is an innumerable recreation of stars that are still being formed. Yeah. That God is alive and well and available to help Locato number one, be saved. Number two, secure my salvation. Number three, give me spiritual gifts to help me be profitable in a good way, in a spiritual way, to guide me, to strengthen me, to anoint the work that we do. You mean to tell me that God who did all that is willing to concern himself with this (coughs) podunk kid down in (laughs) South Texas, right? who still struggles with temptation, Right. who still battles pride, who God should have given up on him a long time ago. That God is alive and well and would be willing. So I just had a completely different response to the photos. Yeah, well, and I can understand it making you feel small. I think we've all hopefully had that experience. But I think the outcome of that, you hope, isn't Netflix. It's humility. It's yeah. Oh my gosh, I am so small, yet I want to come to the same end. I am so small. I am so seemingly sometimes insignificant, and God sees me and He knows how many hairs are on my head. And He knows, like, He has good things planned for me and He, mm-hmm. like, He's prepared for me. It, it's, and that's what makes me sad for people who don't, like, that's the whole point, right? I think that's why you do what you do, it's why I do what I do is okay. Yes. You can feel small. You can either go Netflix or you can go all like (laughs) you have a choice. This is the better choice. I promise. Like come and see that he is good. He is who he says he is come experience that. And some of that is the Holy spirit dwelling within you and shouldering your burdens and walking through this life that can get messy and chaotic. Yeah. And he is still good. Yeah. I got you. And so I got you. Chaos is something that I think Everybody, we're all familiar with it now. If you mm-hmm. weren't pre 2020, you, you get it now. You understand <laughs> chaos. You understand it externally. You understand it internally. 
regardless of how much the last two years impacted or didn't impact you. Like we yeah. all have it. You're like, okay, I'm good on the chaos cap. Like, can yeah. we, I would, I said something the other day, but like, I'm done with once in a lifetime events. Can I be done? Can we not do those anymore? Yeah. Um, peace, I think doesn't feel sometimes just doesn't feel available because it's all so crazy. And that's just the headlines. That's not even taking into account. Like our lives continue to move on and people continue to get sick and jobs and raising children and all of that kind of stuff. But we know that it like peace is a person and that person is available to us. Like how is the Holy spirit? He is kind of the whole equation, right? He is the presence of, of, you know, the living presence of, of God in the world and the presence of God in our hearts. And I think what's fascinating about the Holy Spirit, one of the things that I find fascinating is that the initial appearance, the initial reference to the Holy Spirit in Scripture was at a time of chaos. Mm-hmm. In Genesis chapter 1, there's the image of the Holy Spirit hovering over the deep or hovering over the tumult. There yet had to be a uh, change, uh, this globe, the seeming and lava and spewing mm-hmm. and volcanoes, just this raging planet. Yeah. And uh, according to, to scripture, God spoke, let there be light. God spoke, let there be calm, let, let there be. And, and every time God spoke, there was. But before God spoke, there was the Holy Spirit hovering over the waters. This word hover, I thought was fun to discover because it only appears twice in the Bible. Uh, Once here with the Holy Spirit hovering over the water. And then there's a promise that in the book of Deuteronomy, where God told the Israelites that God will hover over you Mm. like an eagle over her young. You know, you have this image of these young eaglets Mm -hmm. and their mouths are open. The nest is a nest of frenzy as they're all just kind of learning to live hungry, uh, wanting to fly, but too young to fly. And so here comes mama eagle and she just hovers. She protects. So that's the picture of the Holy Spirit as in this time of peace. The most common metaphor of the Holy Spirit is that of a dove. Mm -hmm. And when we think about a dove, we think about a bird of peace, Mm -hmm. a calm. Uh, When Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came down upon him. In the Gospel of Luke, it says, as a dove. Right. The other Gospels say, like a dove. But in the Gospel of Luke says that the, the Spirit took the form of a dove and sat down upon Jesus, and the voice was heard from heaven, this is my Son, and who will please. Mm-hmm. So I think that all of this teaching about the Spirit is given to promise you and to promise me and all of your listeners, you don't have to be overcome by anxiety. Mm-hmm. There is a calming, a supernatural calming presence to help you. Now, how do we access this present? Well, first of all, we believe in him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's pretty much it. You know, yeah. Jesus always referred to the Holy Spirit as a person. Mm-hmm. And so let's believe the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal power like electricity, right? But let's believe that the spirit is a person and let's receive him, mm-hmm. receive him, believe in Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. It's really that simple. Mm-hmm. It's really that simple. 
it's it's religion that tries to make it complex yes and creates hoops yes which we need to jump but when jesus was resurrected from the dead he appeared to his followers in the upper room and he said receive the holy spirit he breathed on them the scripture says he breathed on them and the implication was they inhaled mm-hmm. they inhaled so when mm-hmm. jesus exhaled they inhaled they inhale the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And I believe this really that simple, Blake, having trusted Christ to save me, I inhale the power of Christ to sustain me, mm-hmm. to help me. Mm-hmm. And so the most important thing we do throughout the day then is receive, to keep in step with the Spirit, to keep yes. receiving Him moment by moment, day by day. So if you're like me and you struggle with any combination of stress and anxiety or being on your phone too much, maybe even, I want to tell you about the Abide app. I love this app. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app in the app store, and I've legit been using it for years now to help me fall asleep, to ease me into the day in the morning. I've even used it like mid panic attack. (laughs) So it's based on scripture and it's audio meditations that center you and help draw you closer to Christ. So for a limited time, our listeners will get 25% off of a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash Blake. So you can get started today with 25% off of a premium subscription by downloading the app at abide.co slash Blake. There you'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. And in the meantime, you'll be supporting the show and get 25% off when you go to abide.co slash Blake. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash Blake to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Okay, so you guys know I'm all about talking about the things that make us uncomfortable So let's talk about female hair loss. Millions of Americans experience thinning hair. It's more than common, it's normal, but it's not openly talked about, especially amongst women. And going through this can feel so lonely and frustrating. So it's time to change the conversation and join the thousands of women who are standing up for their hair with Nutrafol. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement and it supports healthy hair growth with three unique formulas for women in all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula uses natural, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients for the most reliable results. And if you're more of the statistics type, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months, and 3,000-plus top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support my show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Blake to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Get free shipping on every order and $15 off at Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t-r-a-f-o-l dot com promo code blake well and i think we're talking about how often the holy spirit 
was referenced to in chaos in scripture. And I think that becoming fixated on the chaos is often what keeps us from experiencing and feeling the Holy Spirit because we are not trained in take a breath, remove yourself from the chaos. Like it's not that he's not in those things because he absolutely is. And he's, he never leaves, but it can be hard to hear and feel and experience and walk in discernment. If you're just like frenetically watching the headlines and social media, and you're not doing what Jesus did, which is stepping away into peace and, and community and like communing with God and with the Holy spirit. I have people who are like, how did you know what the next right step was? I don't really know how to explain it to you other than I shut up. <laughs> like I stopped talking and negotiating and asking and because I have, I'm obviously I'm a podcaster. Like I've talked my whole life. Now I just have a microphone, but when I quiet myself is when I hear him and I feel him and he's within me. So it's kind of a rabbit trail, but the whole concept of that once we're in Christ, our hearts are still deceptive. No, like I've been given a new heart that I can, you can trust yourself a little bit now because you have the Holy spirit. And I think I love what you said at the beginning about it being kind of undefinable and we can't put a pin in it. I think people hate that because we want it to be tangible. We want it to be like the whole, I got a sign. I got a a fleece, right? And it's not that God doesn't still do that, but he gave us the Holy spirit to kind of be our eternal sign or discernment or wisdom. We have that available to us always. Well, and I think that's why the scripture has many word pictures that help us understand the role of the Holy Spirit. And one of those is that he will guide us. Uh, He's he's our guide. He will guide us into all truth. He will reveal the teachings of Christ unto us. Uh, He will help us. Yes. Uh, Here's something that at least I learned, maybe everybody else already knew this. I learned that the primary desire of the Holy Spirit is to reveal Jesus. This was the promise of Jesus on the night before his crucifixion, when he introduced us to what he, whom he called the paraclete, the comforter, the counselor. Those are the words he used to describe the Holy. And the promise there is that he will re- bring to remembrance all things I have taught you about me and that he will guide you into all. Yeah. Now the desire then of the Holy spirit is to help Locato love Jesus. Dale Bruner is a commentator that I've followed for years and you see he's up in his eighties. now. I highly recommend Frederick Dale Bruner in his commentaries on Matthew and John. Mm. He's just a wonderful, wonderful teacher. But he also wrote a little slim volume on the Holy Spirit, and he called this book the shy member of the Trinity. I love that phrase, the shy member of the Trinity. And the reason for that is because he wanted to point out that the Holy Spirit is not about calling attention to himself, but the Holy Spirit desires to, to lead us into a better understanding of our Redeemer. Mm-hmm. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so that's an important uh, agenda item. If we can understand 
that the Holy Spirit is here to be your guide, mm -hmm. to help you understand more about what Jesus has done for you and what Jesus is doing right now, and that Jesus is coming for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. If he can activate and alert those messages within my heart, then I'll be a so much more a peaceful and productive person. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really enjoyed understanding that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is not to call attention to himself, right? which could be that first extreme we discussed, right. you know, mm -hmm. but that the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to point out things about Christ mm -hmm. and help me to have a, a deeper walk and honor him more in my life. What does this look like for you personally? I know you talk in the book about kind of a turning point of, of understanding and experiencing the Holy Spirit for yourself. Yeah. Personally, I love a story because I can always, you can always see yourself in other people's stories. Yeah. Well, okay. How many hours do we have? <laughs> I got all the time in the world for Mr. Max Cicado. <laughs> okay. I'm, yeah, I'm 60, almost 68 years old and I'm getting up there in years. By the time I was about 18, I was a successful drunk. Mm -hmm. I was just a mess. I was a six pack a night kid. I, I was not the kind of person any parent would want their daughter to go on a date with. Yeah. Uh, I came to faith, like you said, at the age of 21, I was, I was almost 21. I was in my mid twenties. I just turned, I mean, I was anyway, I was 20 years old. I came to believe that Jesus could forgive me mm. for the womanizing, for the drinking, for the uh, disrespect. I was just a mess. I came yeah. to believe he could forgive mm. And that, that really became a life story. What I did not know is anything about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I don't blame anybody. Yeah. It's my fault. I owned a Bible. I could have read, but I didn't. And I busied myself about becoming a, a good person. Yeah. But you know, if you try to be a good person on your own, you will either become utterly defeated or utterly arrogant. Uh -huh. you either, you're either defeated because you fall so much or you're arrogant because you cover up your failings by pointing out the failings of others. Right. And so I vacillated between the two. Believe it or not, I became a missionary. I moved to Brazil, lived there until I was 33 years old. And then I moved back to the States and I had the opportunity to be the pastor of the church where I've been all these years, mm -hmm. still not leaning, still not discovering, still not following, still really not aware of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. I know, I know what that's, how that sounds. I was a pastor had a seminary degree. Yeah. I had spent five years on a mission field. And yet had you said, tell me about the Holy Spirit, I would not have had a good answer. But I think that's more common than a lot of people think. I agree. I agree. In the book, I talk, I have a chapter called the Holy who, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. because that's, that would have been my answer. The Holy who I would have made up something, but right, right. You can make it sound and look good. Yeah. So there I am. I'm 35 years old. I, I'm not drinking. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. But nor am I leaning on the Lord for strength. I'm wanting to be the best possible pastor. I'm two years into this church work. I'm committed to solve every problem, right. head up every committee, build the greatest church. I really had a pure desire, right? but I just went off. The wheels went off, Blake. Mm -hmm. I, I just lost all energy. Yeah. 
I got where I could not sleep. Now I've always had sleep issues ever since mm -hmm. I was a kid, but boy, there was a time there when I had a lot of Sundays in which I stood before the church, having not slept at all the night before. Mm -hmm. I just, I just couldn't turn my mind off. I was yeah. beat up by anxiety, worry. What if I fail? I, I thought I needed to say yes to everything. Yeah. So I say all that to say, yeah. In many of those nights in which I could not sleep, I would go downstairs in my pajamas, middle of the night, I would kneel at the couch. And I believe some of the most heartfelt prayers of my life were mumbled incoherently yeah. in the middle of the night by that young pastor. Yeah. And I, I didn't really know what I was asking, but what I received was a filling of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I began to experience calm. I began to have answers for questions. Mm -hmm. I began to sense the strength of the heavenly father in my life. Again, yeah. I didn't say, would you please give me the Holy spirit? I said, please give me help. Right. But in the, in the, in the vernacular of, of heaven, the Holy spirit is our helper. Yeah. He is our helper. He is our paraclete. So I was given not ideas or strategies. I was given a person. Yes. yes. Several months into that season of challenge, I was reading in John chapter 14 of how Jesus said, I will send you a paraclete, a, a helper, a counselor, uh -huh. a one who will come alongside you. And that's when I said, oh, okay. <laughs> I, 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 that's the whole, I received the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And I'm so grateful. Even now I feel my eyes begin to, to fill with tears because I realize it's not up to me. Yes. It's not up to me. Yes. My assignment is to seek to follow, to walk in step with the comforter, the friend, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Now, have I always done that? No, no. I'm so quick to lean back into my own power. Yep. But in the seasons that I do that, I pray more. Mm -hmm. I worship more because I love the Lord. I, I yeah. find myself wanting to work and I just trust more deeply. So I wish I could say I've succeeded and I've always, I'll do that every day, the rest of my life. I know that's the challenge, Yeah, but that was the turnaround moment for me, Blake. I think it's comforting for people in a weird way to hear that it doesn't all like always happen at once. Yeah. It can. And I mean, obviously that's ideal, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I can think of my story similarly of like, okay, yours was God can forgive me. My husband's, for example, was, I don't want to go to hell. <laughs> Mine was, I have more for you than the way that you're choosing to live. So, you know, that turn, it's that turn, you turn your head, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the ways of the world. I want to look at Jesus. I want to look at his kingdom. Mm -hmm. And I, I know people who have that immediate indwelling of the Holy Spirit, but I think I tried to do it by myself for a really long time. And I absolutely still have days where I'm like, oh, you know why you're exhausted and cranky and snippy? Mm. It's because you're trying to do all of this out of your own capabilities. But I think to hear Max Licato was pastoring a church and not leaning on the Lord. And he burnt out. I think that it's available to all of us, no matter where you are. So people that are listening who are like, oh, shoot, I love Jesus. 
but I'm trying to do this thing on my own. And that's why I'm so exhausted. It's a shifting of your gaze. It's asking for help. And he sends it like he is a good father who gives good gifts to his kids. And the best one he's got is himself. Mm. And it's freely available. Amen. And you didn't do anything there. People think there's a checklist to getting into his good graces that will get us what we need for life and godliness. Like, no, once you're in him, it's available. Like you have everything you need for life and godliness walk in it. That's so, I love it. One last thing that you talk about in your book that I was really drawn to is this concept of dry bones. My kids are really into the song rattle that like dry bones coming to life. Now we have to have a lot of conversations about like, okay, guys, this isn't skeleton, (laughs) (laughs) like rattling around. But one of the things that you kind of position in the book is the role that we play in bringing our own dry bones like back to life. Yeah. Well, it's amazing in that story involving Ezekiel about the dry bones when he looked out over the valley and saw the the dry bone, which I believe has dual symbolism. I believe it represents Israel. I'd also believe it represents a revival in the church at any time that we will take the role of Ezekiel. God told Ezekiel, speak, you know, speak words of life, speak words of life. I think that we might miss that. We have the opportunity to speak words of life over our own lives and over the lives of our culture, over the lives of our our world. I know this is a beat up generator. I know it. What does it say about us that we had to create a new hotline for suicide prevention? What's going on? What's going on? We're an exhausted, worn out people. So let the church be those people who take on the role of Ezekiel and say, come to life, come to life, come to life. God has invited us to partner with him in this. And we do so through worship, through prayer, through humility, through childlike faith. This is not the time for us to be strutting around like we've cracked a code on the Holy Spirit. This is the time for us to be humble before the spirit, inviting his help. And I think it's not landing on those extreme ends of the spectrum that we talked about and just humbly inviting people into the Holy Spirit. Amen. If I've got him, I promise you can have him too. Amen. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for your time and your wisdom and the way that you share that across the board, but personally, just for spending time with me. I hope we can do it again sometime. I would love that. Thank you so much. (laughs) All the very best. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week.